1: Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is
0: Believe. Welcome to Believe in the Broncos podcast, presented by Bet Online. You got me, Chris Braden, but the reason you're here is big O. We're going to break down the Raiders, um, but I don't want to bury the lead. This is Friday morning when we're recording this. Everybody saw what happened. Well, <laughs> a lot of people who have Amazon Prime saw what happened to uh, Tua last night, and it was jarring. My wife, like she she couldn't even watch, and um, it was sad to see Tua go through that. I just want to get your thoughts. Uh, being a player in the NFL, and you know, it last week he had to have had a concussion, didn't he? Didn't he have to? Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, last week he had to have had one, and for him to turn around and play in a Thursday night game, it's absolutely ridiculous. Mm. You know, I get it, Miami. You're you're one of two teams that have undefeated records, and your starting quarterback is always going to give you the best opportunity to win. But it was too quick of a turnaround. So yeah. just looking at this. I am, you know, I'm never one to be banging on the table, Chris, for repercussions, but there has to be repercussions mm-hmm. in a situation like this because not only did you just, you don't know what you did, the the, the lasting effect, the, the years and years from now, what is going to be going through because of these two concussions back to back in within five days, but also you just put a blemish on our game. Mm-hmm. These little kids, that get ready to watch Thursday night football and, and everybody's tuning in because this is the only NFL game that I'm able to watch. And, you know, I, I went and bought Amazon Prime because I want to see this football game. Well, if I'm eight or nine-year-old kid, I don't want to play football after seeing that. I don't want to sit and play football at all after seeing a quarterback's fingers get stuck and he's laying on his back and has to get carted off and the ambulance and then all the talk of him having two concussions in the last you know two in the last six days. That's always been my big concern for right. football, Chris. You know, we I thought that we've been doing such a better job in society of educating people on what a concussion is. Because when I learned what a concussion was, sorry to say, it's when I got to the University of Miami. I was 18 years old when I first learned what a concussion was. But I was playing football from the age of seven. So when I learned what a concussion was at 18, I realized I already had a couple of these. Mm -hmm. So that was the bad thing of, of it, right? And now I have two boys upstairs sleeping right now, one four and a half, one that's getting ready to be two in a week and a half on October 9th. And for me, I've always said my kids are not playing football until they get to high school. And why is that? Because at high school, I, they will fully understand what a concussion is. In high school, they will fully be able to communicate to me how they're feeling. So if they're feeling a certain type of way, I'm able to shut them down. It doesn't matter what their coach thinks, because I want to make sure that they're just protecting their brain and they're not taking these unnecessary hits. Now you're looking at how much education there is in the national football league, the fact that you have to get past these baselines, the fact that, you know, there are these independent doctors, but yet Tua below has two concussions in six days. You know, this is ridiculous with what I saw last night. and you could only hope that that kid is going to be all right. And mm-hmm. for me, I don't know how he comes back in place from this. I had a concussion in 2015 on Christmas Eve that lasted me eight months. To uh-huh. get back from eight months, it took me to feel regular, and and now you're the Miami Dolphins, and I guess you you know you want to make sure that hey you know I we're, we're the one of two undefeated teams, and two gives us the best opportunity. And he says he's good. You got to protect the player sometimes from himself, and, and that's what I don't get. You know, obviously, he wants to be out there for his team. You know, everybody's talking about Super Bowl down there in the state of Florida and South and, and South Miami and South Beach. Obviously, you know, players want to go and they want to do it, especially at the highest level when you're on prime time and you're the only game on. Somebody should have stepped in and been like, "Yeah, it's just not wise. Let, let's let your brain rest a little bit." So, super unfortunate and. Can't wait to see what the NFL does about it because something needs to be done about it.
0: and make your first sports bet use promo code believe50 that's b l e a v 50 to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit bet online where the game starts it's definitely a stain on the league right now and i've heard a lot of you know different uh whatever they do on sports center and stuff it was unlucky too man he got thrown down hard you know what i mean it was like what are the odds that happens? But that's why you protect the player from himself, right?
1: Yeah, you have to. Um, if you're to a jungle below, you, know, you understand what happened last year with your coach, and Flores is gone. And, and now, you know, uh, the top fact of, of the, the rumblings and rumors are trying to lose games, right? Trying to lose games or whatever the case may be, have been. And then you get Mike McDaniels, where it's a shiny new toy, and this offense is firing on all cylinders, and Tua's on the top of all these fantasy leaderboards. You want to win. That's what you want to do. And now it's Thursday night football. You really want to be out there. This is your first big opportunity for all 30, 30 other teams in the NFL to watch you, but also the whole world, right? So, Like, hey, put the world on notice that we are for real. Now you, everybody gets to see it. You have to protect the player from itself. Players always going to want to go. I have the, I told, listen to this, Chris. I just told you a story saying that I had a concussion in 2015 on Christmas Eve that lasted me eight months, right? Mm -hmm. So January, February, March, April, May, June, July, August, right? That's when that concussion lasted me until about August. Well, guess what? Come April, I was doing OTAs because I was getting ready to try to get my team ready and try to win football games because the year before we sucked. Come July, I reported to training camp and started banging every single day because my team sucked and I was trying to get my team better, right? And and I wanted to be there for my teammates and it's a new year. But yet, it took me until August to stop symptoms, right? Right. this is the off season, and yet I am still participating in these drills because I want to be there for my teammates, and I want to make sure my teammates know that I am accountable to them. Right? These games—it didn't mean anything. There's no games being played, and yet I was still doing that. Of course, you have to protect the player at any cost from themselves.
0: Before we put this to bed, you said something that's interesting, and being the parent of a couple of uh, college athletes it was interesting to walk the sideline because I was never one of those people that lived vicariously through my kids. It was their passion. I knew crap about soccer. I'm going to just be honest with you. I just loved watching them, but you said something interesting and you're not the only one that say it. Most of the NFL players that I've talked to about this issue, they say exactly what you said. They're like, you know what? They can start like playing in high school, full contact. I'm going to let them, uh, play flag football other forms of football before then uh, do you have a message for other parents that might help them along the way with that decision yeah.
1: if, you, if you're have aspirations of your son playing in the nfl first of all you should cancel that out because one percent of college athletes make it pro let's just start with aspirations of playing in college you know and to play college football you don't need to be playing little league football at the age of seven, eight, nine, ten years old. You could strictly allow your kids to play flag football and get the fundamentals of the job down all the way up until they get to high school. And then at the high school, yes, you know, because you have the JB and the freshman team and a varsity team. So you can get your kids better and, and put them kind of where their skill set is to make sure they're not taking big hits. So I I truly believe in the four years of high school football, you can get exactly what you need in order for your kid to either go to college or have an opportunity of making it professional.
0: Right. No, that's great advice. And uh, I just love to hear that from you guys because a lot of times and parents will just push, 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 push. And they're like, if they don't play when they're 10, they're not going to be ready when they're in high school. They're not going to make varsity and, you know, I always just when they put the cart before the horse like that, it's really it's kind of sad to see, man. It's got to be that it's got to be that kid's passion too, right?
1: Yeah, and who cares if your kid plays varsity football? Well, to be <laughs> honest with you, if he's right. a senior, to be you're, you're, you realize your son can play one year of varsity football, or your child could play one year of varsity sports and still get a scholarship. and still yeah. get to, go to school to play that sport for free. Yep. So, Why does it matter what he's doing when he's 10? That's true. That's true. It's good stuff. I played played one year of, of high school football in South Florida. I moved to South Florida after my sophomore year. I was academically ineligible my junior year and had to fix my grades, go to credit lab, fix my grade. I played one year in South Florida Atlantic High School of varsity football, my senior year, Chris, I finished college with seventy-six Division One offers. Wow. <laughs> you now I've been playing football since I was seven years old. Right, but one year in Florida, and I promise you, all those other from seven to fifteen in Canada, I wasn't being recruited. Right, I, I was being recruited by schools in Canada. I finished. Mm. After one year of high school football in South Florida, I finished with 76 Division I offers. I went to the University of Miami. Yeah, I'm telling you, well, this is fact. This is not, oh, oh, oh doesn't know what he's talking No, this is fact. One year of football, got 76 big-time Division I offers. You name it, I had it. You want to know my five official college visits? Florida yep. State, University of Miami. Florida, after them winning back-to-back national championships, Ohio State and the University of Minnesota, because they were the first
0: school to offer me. That's cool, man. That's a good story, a man. I of love of that. Schools, right? So yeah, yeah. Good stuff, oh man. I love I love learning that stuff. You always uh, dig deep and educate us. Um, all right, off to uh, to Raider Week. What are you? It, Josh McDaniels and the coaching staff came out yesterday, and I don't want them to, like, manufacture a rivalry or try to be fake or not genuine. But I don't think they realize the disdain the fans in Denver have for the Raiders and the Chiefs. Yeah. We don't like either one of them. And they didn't sell it very well yesterday.
1: Yeah. yeah, I think the problem that we face nowadays, as far as this rivalry goes, is because the Raiders moved, mm-hmm. right? So the Broncos and Chiefs are going to be more of a rivalry because just the history there and both teams are stayed, are, are still in those cities. But right. the Raiders, you know, when you move from Oakland to Las Vegas, how many fans, how many diehard fans are able to pick up and move? Now, I know they're going to travel and watch the team, but it becomes hard, right, when you start having yeah. to think about a flight and things like that. So I truly believe that the rivalry is still there because exactly what you said, Chris, I learned about this rivalry when I got drafted to the Broncos from the fans. The fans let me know immediately because guess what my stupid butt went on social media and did after I was drafted? I said, man, can't wait, Bronco Nation. Can't believe I just got drafted. Can't wait to get to work. And people let me know really quick. Hey, buddy, it's Bronco Country. They don't be saying anything about nation because they're the Raiders and we hate them. And literally they like chastised my tweet <laughs> out after I was distracted. So I knew right away, Hey, we don't like the Raiders and the Raiders <laughs> don't like us either, but it's the fan base that keeps the, that rivalry. And, and that's what's unfortunate now because Nathaniel Hackett gets up there and he talks about, you know, I don't hate anybody. It takes up too much entry. This fan base hates the Raiders because they understand the the underlying issues and the, the back in the day and, you know, how they did Mike Shanahan. And, and you we did some things that on the radio station this week. We had those people text in, what's the craziest thing you've seen? You know, Broncos and Raiders game, man. It was all different types of fights. Kid texted it A guy texted in and said when he was 10 years old, he got hit in the head with a battery by a Raider fan. Uh, another guy said in the bathroom he was in there peeing, and some Raider fans came in and they started peeing on him while he was peeing. <laughs> like this is a this is definitely a rivalry, and I yeah. know coaches don't know it, but you got two first time coaches in, in that position, right? Well, Josh McDaniels mm-hmm. should know because he was yeah. here with the Broncos, so he should, definitely should know. But um, Nathaniel Hackett, I, I, I understand what, what he's, where he's coming from, but it's fan base. Needs to let them know really quick that this still is a rivalry for sure.
0: Well, and I think the the Chiefs is uh, front front center because they the Rockets just can't get over that hump for the last few years. And it's funny, I have son in laws and friends that have moved into town and they're like, Isn't it so cute how the the Chiefs have your number? And I'm like, it never used to be that way. I'm just like, I go, This is like a new thing for us, too. We don't get it, you know what I mean. But, yeah, the rivalries are strong here. And, uh, you know, the funny thing is, is we've talked about some of the issues with the Denver Broncos, game management, Russell Wilson settling in. But the Broncos are two and one. If you take a look at the Raiders, they haven't been as big of a national story, but they're 0-3. They can't get the ball to Renfro. Adams is still trending for a thousand yard season, but I think it's his worst season in five years. if It just keeps trending that way. They can't get the ball to Waller. And Josh Jacobs has kind of been vacant for the last three games. Josh McDaniels, I went and Googled and every article is Josh McDaniels is killing the Raiders. Like every headline is just destroying Josh McDaniels. But Everyone here in Denver is kind of like, hey, man, I told you so. That's yeah. what you get when you get him. And it's fun to watch from the outside looking in.
1: Well, you got to look at also what's going on, right? Okay, so what is Josh McDaniels doing? And what What are the Raiders doing when you look at it offensively? Okay, Hunter Renfro, banged up last week, did not play, right? been mm-hmm. Been a little bit banged up. He's their chain mover. He's their slot receiver. He's the guy that can work the middle of the field. So having him back this week is huge, and the Broncos should not take that lightly. The leading receiver for the Raiders is Max Collins, right? Not even Devontae Adams. He's a big body receiver. Looks a lot like Cortland Sutton, right? And he's the leading receiver for that football team right now. Devontae Adams week one had 17 targets, 141 yards on 11 catches and a touchdown. Since then, in week three, he had 10 targets with five receptions. I anticipate the Raiders are going to try to continue to force feed Devontae Adams, especially when it drops down from 17 to 10 a couple of weeks later. And I could tell that he's not happy. He's not even the leader of his team. Why is he not the leader of his team? Because you left Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams never had to practice. And they had that rapport where they knew mm. exactly what was going on. They had the chemistry that Tom Brady and Gronk had. You know, last year I'm watching a, a game on Monday Night Football where Grunt, where Tom says something to Gronk and Gronk runs a little quick pop pass, right where he just hits the defensive end, blocks him for two seconds, and then he throws him to the side. And now Tom Brady gets him in the middle of the end zone for a wide open touchdown. They were using the same terminology that they used in New England on that play. And how do I know that? Because I was coaching with 49ers last year, and Wes Welker's office was right next to mine. So I went in there and asked what's welfare? well, hey, Tom said this. What does that mean? And he was like, exactly what just happened. That's what we did in New England. Perfect. So looking at those things, um, Darren Waller just got paid, right? Had a couple uh-huh. of problems. And, you know, is he, is he um, a guy that's fallen a little bit of a victim to, hey, I just got paid. I, my stuff doesn't smell. Um, you know, maybe not doing everything that he once did to make sure that he was going to get paid because he has a little bit of case of the drop seats, right? I look at Josh McDaniel, Josh, when it comes to running backs, he's always been a running back by committee guy. You look at all the different backs that they used out there in New England during his tenure there. So Josh Jacobs, uh, uh, I'm sorry to say, you're no longer going to be the bell cow. And there was rumblings of that in training camp. So exactly what we're seeing right now. And Derek Carr historically has been a guy that gets the ball out of his hands quick. Where Josh Mm -hmm. McDaniels now is running plays that are a little bit longer, a little bit more, hey, we're going to try to push the ball down the field. Hey, we're going to try to create these natural rubs and pick plays, which I have no idea because you have, like, Four number one like receivers that you could throw to on that football team and Waller, Renfro, Max Collins, and Devontae Adams. And oh, by the way, Josh Jacobs is coming up the backfield. So I don't know why he's running these longer routes just for these explosive plays, because that's hurting Derek Carr essentially. It's already had eight sacks in three games. Derek Carr doesn't take a lot of sacks. So I'm super excited for the Broncos this week because I think this Raiders offensive line could be exposed specifically from the center, the right guard, the right tackle position. I don't even know who those guys are. And if I'm Bradley Chubb and Randy Gregory after before each series, I'm doing rock, paper, scissors to see who gets to go against the right tackle because whoever gets to go against him is going to have a couple sacks on this Sunday.
0: There was uh, you, you mentioned Chandler Jones and when the Broncos signed Randy Gregory there was a little grumblings where uh, some of the Broncos fans wanted Chandler why Jones. why yeah
1: why 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 yeah we had nine sacks last year and in one game had five against Taylor Lewan Taylor Lewan went on went on social media and thanked uh, them why? Why, why 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 would you why would you want that. You know, nine on a year. You take away the five against one person, that's four sacks on the year. Chandler Mm -hmm. Jones is very irrelevant in this league at this point. Nothing against him. I love Chandler Jones as a person, but he's not Chandler Jones of of, uh, Arizona. And he's certainly Chandler Jones of of New England back in the day. So, Mm -hmm. looking at this big drop off, and the Broncos made the right choice with Randy Gregory 100%. As long as Randy Gregory is able to stay healthy for the Broncos, it, it's gonna. If he stays healthy for the Broncos this year for 17 games, it will look like it, Randy Gregory took a hometown discount to come to the Denver Broncos. Which yeah, is cool because he has never a Denver Bronco. We we got him from Dallas.
0: No, I think for sure George Payton made the right decision, and Randy Gregory has had an impact in every game the Broncos have played. It's beautiful to see. Patrick Sertan has kind of been following around the number one uh, receiver. Do you think he's going to do that again this week with uh, Devonte Adams, or do you think he's going to follow Collins around?
1: Yeah. So for me, I, I wouldn't let. I, I wouldn't start the game off making Pat Sertan follow anybody. Right. I mean, if, if that's your game plan, Josh McDaniels is not an idiot. He, he does know how to play chess, and that's what this is as an offensive coordinator. And if you do that, I mean, Pat Sertan's going to be in for a long day because you're just going to be running deep routes and following decoys. So we don't want that to happen. Usually everyone's been doing a heck of a job of how he's been calling his personnel and calling up different defenses. So my anticipation is that you go into this and it's about the Broncos and doing what the Broncos do well on defense. And if now the game goes along and the flow is that, hey, it's a heavy dosage of Devontae Adams and Devontae Adams is having a lot of success, yeah, maybe you make an adjustment at that point. But don't go into this game saying, hey, PS2, you got to follow Devontae Adams. Or you got to follow Hunter Renfro, and try to lock these up. I think if you're the Broncos, you still have to make sure that you're doing different things. You know, you're running your zones. You're doing your blitzes. You don't want a guy like Josie Jewell to have to cover Josh Jacobs 15 times out of the backfield. You just don't want to see that. Those days are worth the Vic Fangio days, the predictable right. Broncos. Yeah, Ezekiel Elliott has been unpredictable, and he's been doing a heck of a job with his adjustments throughout the course of the game so far.
0: Best thing about this Broncos defense has been they've been turning that ball over too. We weren't seeing that a ton with uh, Big Fangio, which yeah. uh, is a great thing. Well, we got the A. Let's go around the AFC West real quick before I get your keys to the game and your prediction. Chiefs coming off a, a tough loss, they looked a little bit human. They are at the Buccaneers this weekend.
1: Yeah, they're at Tampa. Um, that, that's going to be a big-time football game. Um, I'm taking Tampa to win that one just because I, I think there's turmoil right there with the mm-hmm. Chiefs. Rains pours, like right? You saw last week Matt Ryan, Matty Ice getting mm-hmm. the game and drive on them. And, you know, you saw that the, the enemy and, and Pat Mahomes exchange. And I just believe that, that that could become a snowball effect. When teams lose, it's a copycat lead, right? You know Todd Bowles was diving into that Chiefs films and, hey, you know what? How did Indy beat him last week? And, oh, by the way, Todd Bowles, you've already beat him in the Super Bowl. So right. you know the formula to get Patrick Mahomes. Uh, so I, I got to take Tampa in that one.
0: Um,
1: but, yeah, the Chiefs are, are still a, a tough out for sure.
0: Yeah, and Mike Evans is coming back for the Bucs. Also, Chargers at the Texans. The Chargers should probably have an easy weekend.
1: Yeah, that's a get-right game, right? Chargers lost to Jacksonville last week. It should be a get-right game. I want to see what the Chargers are going to do to get Mike Williams involved. I don't know what the status is of Keenan Allen. I think he's getting close. But last week, in uh, the Chargers lost to Jacksonville. Mike Williams had one catch for 15 yards, and it was a touchdown, but one catch as the number two mm-hmm. receiver, you got to figure that thing out, especially when Herbert's going to throw the ball 40 plus
0: time week in, week out. Hopefully those uh, ribs are feeling a little bit better for him this week. All right. Broncos Raiders, give me uh, give me the keys for a Broncos victory and go ahead and give me your prediction for this week. And You've been pretty good on these, by the way.
1: Yeah, thank you. (laughs) Um, Like I said a little earlier, you know, keys to victory: expose the center, the right guard, the right tackle. You know, this defense is too good. Um, I I expect them to give them multiple looks. And when the Broncos go to their hybrid package to put Bradley Chubb and Randy Gregory on the same side, like we saw against San Francisco, they put them against, you know, Mike McClinchy and and their right guard this past weekend. And and good things happened when when they did that. So I anticipate Ezebio to continue to do the exact same things. Um, So defensively, you always want to try to make a team one dimensional. And if you can make take the run game away from the Raiders and make them strictly into a passing offense, the sacks will come in bunches. I'm mean, I'm talking like they could have five or six, even though it's Derek Carr back there because Josh McDaniels is running plays where Derek Carr has to hold on to the football a little bit longer. Um, offensively, let's get these wide receivers involved. This is the this is the perfect week. You know, last week two catches for Jerry Judy, one catch for Kendall Hinton as a number three. That's not good enough. You know, mm-hmm. we gotta see better box scores from those guys. So let's get those guys involved. And also let's see if we can get Devontae Williams twenty carries in a game. Just twenty. I don't think we're asking for too much, just twenty, you know, right. so he can deliver those body blows at the body blows and really see him wear down the defense. Um, I truly believe that the Broncos do that. You know, it's going to be something special. But also, don't be surprised if we see something major in um, the special teams game this week for the Broncos. I think they're getting closer and closer each and every week to the Montreal Washington poppin' one. And this might be just the week for that to happen. As far as the price score goes, I got the Broncos winning this thing, and it's going to be 27 to twenty.
0: I love that. I love that. And I'm going with you too. I'm going to, I want the Broncos to score 30 this week. I think that's the only way we get the, the feel good. So I'm going Broncos 31 to 17. We both got a Bronco victory. Super exciting. Hopefully next week we'll have another, uh, Broncos be three and one and everything's going to be great in Broncos country, right? Yep. Yep. Absolutely. All right. Good stuff. Big O thank you. And, uh, I'll catch you again next week. All right. Thanks, Chris. Have a great weekend. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call.